Hello, welcome back to another episode of Digs and Distance. Um, I'm going to try to get Colton and Noah on the phone um, for our Super Bowl picks. Um, I don't have the numbers in front of me. Colton did win um, the total picks, though we know that. Uh, so he'll be getting his <clears throat> prize for winning here in a bit. Uh, it already came, I just haven't gave it to him yet. Um, just so the listeners know... Um, it's kind of a bronze-colored, uh, football trophy, um, and then at the bottom it says, um, Digs and Distance NFL Pick Segment Winner 2020 Colton Moss, so, kind of cool, um, I thought that was a cool prize, so, uh, to get for the winner, so, anyway, with that note, I'm gonna try to get them on the phone quick, cause I'm gonna be heading to, um, I'm going to be heading to Prior Lake for the Super Bowl party at my aunt's and uncle's. Um, and I'm bringing a couple crockpots of ribs because they're always the first thing to go. People love my ribs. So anyway, with that note, I'm going to try to get them on the phone quick. Hey Colton, how's it going? It's going. Yeah. Hey, I'm gonna I'm gonna be leaving for the Super Bowl party soon, so I thought we'd get the picks in quick, or the Super Bowl pick, I should say. Um, let me try to get Noah on the phone really quick. You guys both there? Yep. Alright. So, um, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but as I told the listeners right before I called you guys, we already know Colton won the picks. Um, and I told them a little bit about the prize you were winning too. So, um, But we're still, of course, going to do the Super Bowl just because, um, even though we already know the winner. So... With that said, it looks like Kansas City is now favored by one and a half points. It was one originally, but it looks like it's one and a half now. Um, let's start with Colton. I'm going to take the 49ers for double the points. Okay. How many? By how many? By two, okay. How how about you, Noah? Where's the game being played? Yeah, well, it's like always the super. Well, I to this point nobody's ever hosted their a uh, Super Bowl that they were in, so they always pick in advance where it is. But it's gonna be in uh, Miami. Miami, okay. Um, I'm gonna have to pick. Uh... San Francisco for double by one. Okay. Well, I've been going back and forth on this game a lot. But, and even though I think the 49ers are the better team top to bottom, I also like Mahomes a lot. 
And just like I talked about with Colton and Ethan on my last podcast, even though it wasn't my official pick yet, I'm going to stick with Kansas City. But hey, uh, well, they're favored anyway, but I think I predicted them to win by like two or three points. So I'm going to stick with that and pick Kansas City to cover. So. You guys have any thoughts on the game itself before we go? Um, Kansas City better not start out slow. That's all I can say. Yeah, they better not get behind like they have been at times. Yeah. They do. The game is pretty much going to be over for them because San Francisco, when they start out hot, they don't let up. Right. How about you, yeah, No. It, you know, that is true, but if you think about it, uh, the Chiefs were down 24 to nothing in the Texans game, and they won, They then they outscored the Texans like 51 to 10 or something like that. Yeah. So, um, I don't I, know. I, I, think the San, I think San Francisco is going to win, but I think it could go either way pretty easily. Yeah, so. and, and I, I agree with you to a, to a degree, Colton. I don't think they better start on out slow again either and i think the 49ers are a better team than the texans but even if they do get behind i'm still not going to count them out just because i've seen them make comebacks you know and if it was any other team and they got behind like that maybe but you know i'm i've learned not to count them out plus we saw what the patriots did a a couple of years ago down big so Uh, that's it for me. Okay, sounds good. Thanks, Noah. Yep. Bye. Anything else for you, Colton? The last time San Francisco won the Super Bowl was 25 years ago. Guess where it was held? Where was it held? Yes. Hmm. I don't actually know off the top of my head. Miami. Oh, really? Interesting. And they won the Super Bowl, too, obviously. Yeah. Well, Kansas City hasn't won in... Or, yeah, Kansas City hasn't won in, what, 50 years? Yeah, 50 years, and they played the Vikings. Right. Yeah, that was the... That was the... If I remember right... Yeah, that was the first Super Bowl we were in, I think. Because it was Kansas... I If I remember right, I think it was Kansas City, then Oakland, um, and then Miami, and then Pittsburgh, maybe, that we lost to. Um, I, I think you are right. I think that was the first Super Bowl that they won to. Right. So... Yeah, they went four times in one decade and lost all four. We... 1970, 1974, 1975, and 1977. Yeah, they need to get back first. Yeah, but... Yeah, they need to get back to one, but... Um... I have obviously never seen them be there. I've seen them have good years and you know um 
and did not make it, unfortunately. You know, we have the four throwing across his body. I know he had been beat up all game with Bounty Gate and stuff, but still, he should have just let Longwell have a chance at that kick. I mean, I know hindsight's twenty twenty, but he should have never thrown that pass. And then Gary Anderson missing his only field goal all year in 98. That one still stings. But. Looking back on it, um, uh, the Vikings could have made and won the Super Bowl the year that they had Brett Favre. Right, well, and that's the one I was talking about was throwing yeah. across his body, yeah. Um, but yet, uh, so that stinks. Or stink, but it, uh, yeah, it is what it is. I'm just hoping, you know, we'll get there again sometime soon. <laughs> I'd like to see him get there. But yeah, 19, 1970, we lost to Kansas City 23-7 to in Super Bowl Nine. That one was in New Orleans. Um, then we got... Our second Super Bowl was 1974. Oh, no, it was against Miami. Okay, so Miami was actually the second one. And we lost 24-7 to in Houston, Texas. Our third Super Bowl was the next, the very next year we lost to Pittsburgh, 16-6. to And... Our fourth Super Bowl, oh... Oakland was the fourth. I talked to somebody yesterday who was quite a bit older than me, and for some reason they thought the Pittsburgh one was the last one, but Oakland was actually the last one. Um, And that one was played at the Rose Bowl in Pasadena, California. We lost 32-14. to So it's not like any of our Super Bowls were even that close. I mean, one was a 10-point game, but they weren't even, like, super close games or anything. Yeah. So, I this still. Should be, this should be an interesting game today. Yeah. Other than, other than last year's. Yeah. Yeah, it's still. Obviously, we don't know how they would have done in that one either, but I think they've actually matched up fairly well with the Broncos, and we would have beat Atlanta. In 98, if Anderson wouldn't have missed that kick, it would have been interesting to see them go against John Elway, that's for sure. Yeah. But, but yeah, um, yeah, it should be a good game. Look forward to it. And uh, hopefully you enjoy the game wherever you watch it from. So. I have to work tonight. So. Oh, you do? Okay. So, it... It's probably gonna be a bit busy at Casey's tonight. Probably. Yeah. Well, have fun with that. I will. <clears throat> I'm sure you'll hear updates from customers. Yeah. <laughs> well, it depends, I guess, because unless they go out at it depends on the person, because I could see how some people would go out during the game, and I could see how others want like. You know, go anywhere till the game was done, but yeah, I could see that too. <sighs> All right, sounds good. Well, have a good one, Colton. Thanks as always. You
You too. Thanks for having me. Yeah, no problem. Actually, let me ask you one thing really quick. So I know, I know who you picked to win. And personally, for me, I always cheer or I pick one team to cheer for. Not because I'm a fan of them all of a sudden or a bandwagon fan, because I'm not. Um, yeah. I've got my teams, as you know, but the. Um, but I always, in my opinion, it makes it more fun if you're actually rooting for somebody. So I pick somebody to root for, just like I'm doing with the XFL and stuff. So even though you're picking the 49ers, is there one team you're cheering for? Yeah, the 49ers. You are? Okay. Yeah, I'm... It, it's not because I'm up. Most Tigers fans aren't cheering for the 49ers because they obviously beat the Packers two, week, two weeks ago. Right. But I like them over... Casey. I, I'm cheering for Kansas City for a couple of reasons. First off, I like Mahomes. Second of all, I like Andy Reid a lot. I was seeing a video on him the other day. Like, Andy Reid's one of the most, whether you're a fan of Kansas City or not, he's one of the most well-liked guys around football. He's a great guy. And he even pokes fun at himself sometimes with his size and everything, which, you know, he just seems like a fun guy. And they were talking about that the other day, how he's one of the most liked guys in the league. Um, so I'd like to get see him get another ring. Or, yeah, and then... Uh, get his first ring, you mean? Well, he went to... Uh, yeah, because he went to one with Philadelphia and lost, right? He has not won a Super Bowl. Yeah, that's what he's I... Been, he's, he's been to him, but hasn't won him. Yeah, that's... Thanks for that correction. I realized that, too, after I said it, but thanks for that. He's, uh... How many has he been in? Two or one? I don't know. I know his playoff record is, like, 14 and 14, I think it is, or something like that. Um... Because that's what I heard today, watching Skipping Shannon. Yeah, he led the Eagles to five NFC Championship games, including four years in a row and one Super Bowl appearance in 2005. Yeah, he's one in, fo he's one in four in conference, well, going into this year, because he won one this year, obviously. But coming into yeah. this year, he was 1-4 in the conference championships. And 0-1 in the Super Bowl. But he's still a heck of a coach. There's no doubt about that. Yeah. So, I mean, he's been around like 20 years now. So, And he's, uh, yeah, he's got, ever. he's had a great resume for sure. So. He had Jared Allen. Or KC had Jared Allen. Okay, I'm. And he, he got the best. I mean, McNabb obviously was a talented quarterback, but in my opinion, Reed's got the best out of a lot of quarterbacks. He got the best out of Donovan McNabb. He's getting the best out of Mahomes. You know, I think he works well with quarterbacks, just how he runs the offense and stuff. So, mm -hmm. But all right, I'll let you go, Colton. Thanks again, and 
enjoy whatever part of the game you can watch if you get to watch any of it, so. Yeah, I will. Alright. Um, I will be ready for the XFL to start. Yeah, sounds good. We'll talk more about that in the near future, too, so. Yep. Alright, thanks again. Thank you. Yep. All right, thanks for listening to this episode of Digs and Distance Pick Segment, our last NFL pick of the year, um, or a season. Uh, So thanks for listening. Enjoy the Super Bowl wherever you may watch it from, and God bless. Hello, welcome back to my podcast. Um, This is the XFL edition um, I haven't came up with a creative name yet. Um, we had the first week of XFL last week. Um, I and We all texted in our picks um, before the game started, but ha- didn't have a chance to record it yet. So we'll recap who we picked and um, what the scores were after week one, and then also go over what we thought of the game. So I'm going to get Colton on quick. Hey Colton. Hey Elijah. How are you? Good. How are you? Doing pretty good, thanks. So, <clears throat> this is our first podcast, XFL edition, as I was telling the listeners. Um, we're just going to go over quick. I'll kind of run through it really quick, who we all pick. Um, and then we can, from there cover the XFL a little bit, what we thought of the first week and all that. So, so the first game, we had Seattle Dragons at the DC Defenders. DC, when at the time we picked, DC was favored by 8. Noah took, um, Noah took Seattle uh, to cover, meaning he thought they'd lose by less than eight. You took DC to cover. I took Seattle to cover and Ethan took DC to cover. So of course that one you and Ethan both got right because DC won 31 to 19. So you guys both got that one right. Then we had the LA Wildcats at the Houston Roughnecks. Houston was favored by six. Noah went with L.A. to cover. You went with L.A. to cover. I went with L.A. to pull off the upset by one for double the points. And Ethan took L.A. to cover. So we all got that one wrong. Because Houston won 37-17. to 17. It was close for a while, but then Houston kind of blew them out. You know, I will say this. Before, before you go to the other two games. Yep. The um, Saturday games, I mean, I think you might agree with what I'm about to say. I think the Saturday games were a little bit more interesting, score-wise, and other stuff, too, involved in the game, and I liked the first two games. I'm not saying I didn't like the other two games, but I think your your team, uh, the Vipers, that game was okay, but like I said, 
said, I like the other two games on Saturday a little bit more than I did the other two that were on a Sunday. Gotcha. I... I know where you're coming from, and I'd agree for the most part, although the St. Louis game was pretty good too, but... Yeah, and, yeah that, one, that one was pretty good also. And Tampa Bay, we'll get into this more later, about yeah. the numbers put up, Tampa Bay put up, except points-wise. It's amazing yeah. what they did in every other category, but if you don't put up the points, it doesn't matter. So... I have a question for you on that game. Yep. I'm not going to go a little bit more in depth because we're going to talk more about it. But did you get the feeling, not when it started, but kind of like in the second quarter or second half, did you think that it was going to be a blowout, which it was, but did you see that coming out of left field that it was going to be a blowout? I mean, the more and more mistakes Tampa Bay made, I could see it more and more. Um, with that said, there was times I thought they might get back into it, but when you have two turnovers in the red zone and four turnovers total, you're shooting yourself in the foot. So, I will say I know they needed to get on the score and get three points, but come on. You're, you're fourth, I think it was fourth and goal or something. And they didn't go for it. Yeah. And they kicked that field goal. And even the commentators were like, well, come on. You could have gotten a touchdown. I think that was Greg Olson's game. And he said, I, I get the three points, but you need to get a touchdown and make it down by two scores. The reason he... The reason he understood it, though, first off, you don't want to get shut out. Yeah. Second of all, at that point, I believe it was 20 still, if I remember right. So If they would have gone to a touchdown, they were down by two scores. That doesn't matter in the XFL with the extra point rule and stuff. That was my point. That was my point, technically speaking. If I remember right, at that point, it still was 20 to 3 after the field goal. So, technically speaking, they could have got 9. Yeah, they would have had to go for a 3 point conversion. But they could have got 9 and then 8 and still. So, technically speaking, it was still a 2 score game, regardless. But. Yeah. So, in that situation, you don't want to get shut out. So, I understood it. Especially because they had already made two mistakes in the red zone, but um, but at the same time, I don't think it would have mattered much regardless. No, uh, and you and I agree on this. It wouldn't have mattered, but I would have liked them to get at least a touchdown right. after they got the field goal or go for a touchdown instead of going for a field goal. I get the field goal, but I just don't get it in that regard because, yeah, you put up a bunch of numbers, but how many times did they make it to the red zone and cough it up? Right. Right. Yep. It, it, too many times, that's for sure. Yeah. And the one was just, uh, I mean, the one, well, both of them really were just poor choices by Aaron Murray. The first yeah. one he threw off his back foot and just tried to lob it up. 
And the second one wasn't a very good pass either, from what I remember. So. I, I seen something a couple, maybe an hour or so before you called me, because I was looking at the XFL app. Your quarterback is day-to-day with an injury. Hmm. I, I didn't see an injury occur in the game, but... It says day-to-day with injury. That's what the headline said. Well, day-to-day is still better than week-to-week. If it's day-to-day, there's still a chance he'll play. With that that said, to be completely honest, I don't want to give up on a guy after one week, of course, especially since they don't have as much practice time as they do in the NFL. With that said, the other quarterback they have... Which is the scoring drive they actually put together. Granted, it was mostly him running. But he brings something else to the table. And I think it wouldn't be all that bad if he was that quarterback, to be honest. Like I told you today on Facebook Messenger, I said, I'm not going to diss your team. I'm not going to put them down. I'm not going to say they're bad. Because it's the first game, and I need another week or two to see if they're going to be better than what they were on the first game. And if they're not, then then I don't see them going to the playoffs. Well, yeah. We'll see what happens. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's... Uh... Yeah, we'll see what happens. But the quarterback I was talking about was uh, Quentin Flowers, I think his name is. He's actually only third on the death chart, technically. I don't know what. I haven't heard anything. Maybe I'm just out the loop, even though they're my team. Was their backup, Taylor Cornelius, injured, do you know? Or... Was were they just trying to use Quentin Flowers because of his running ability? Because he's actually third on their death chart, but he's the guy who came in and played some snacks, not Taylor Cornelius. I don't know. Okay. But I, I know for certain games that they changed out the quarterbacks in the fourth quarter. I believe St. Louis did it too. I don't know because I had to work that day. Um, but I know in some of the games uh, they changed out the quarterbacks because they were either winning or losing, of course. Yeah. I, I know some of the teams did that. I, I kind of... I watched it, and then once I knew that they were going to lose... I kind of just sat on my phone and kind of didn't pay attention. I mean, I would, but I just kind of zoned it out, if you know what I mean. Yeah, I just Googled it quick, and the ironic thing is they said Taylor Cornelius, who was their backup, had a really good camp and that he was set to make his XFL debut. And so they thought he'd play some. You know, they must have thought they'd use two quarterbacks, but they ended up using Flowers instead. So I'm curious what happened there. Yeah. The one I'm 
interested to see is Dallas's quarterback to see how he is because he didn't play on Sunday. He was, I mean, he couldn't play. He was obviously cleared to play, but he was obviously limping, limping around and had a cast on his leg. Landry Jones, yep. And I think um, Bob said it was a. uh, hamstring injury or something. I I know it's nothing to do with his knee. I know he got hurt in the off season. Yeah. What did you think of the St. Louis game? Well, can we, since we got talking a little bit, can we just recap the other two scores quick and then we'll go into all the games or at least the ones we want to talk about? Okay. So let's just wrap that up quick and then we'll go talk about it. Um, So then we had, so through the first two, you had one, Ethan had one, and me and Noah had none. Then we had St. Louis, or... Um, actually before that, we had Tampa Bay Vipers, my team, they were favored by two on the road at the New York Guardians. Um, we all took Tampa Bay to cover, and unfortunately, even though they did some good things, which we'll get more into in a little bit, New York beat Tampa Bay 23-3. to So, yeah. We all got that wrong, and then we finished with St. Louis Battlehawks at Dallas Renegades. Dallas was favored by nine. Noah took St. Louis to cover, so he got that right. Um, Just because if you take St. Louis to cover, as you probably remember, as long as they lose by less than nine or win, you still get it right, because technically they covered. And then you took... St. Louis to win by two for doubles, so you got two points there. I also took St. Louis to cover, so I got it right, but only for one point. And Ethan took St. Louis by one for a double. So you and Ethan finished the week with three points, and Noah and I finished with one point. Pretty good standing so far. <laughs> What's that? So there's pretty good standings for picks so far. Yeah. We all got at least one, so that was good. And nobody's at nobody's at zero. You and Ethan are at three. Noah and I are at one. So not bad, not bad. Yep. Um, so just initial thoughts, I guess. Um, yeah, let's just... Just because you were asking about it, let's go start with St. Louis and Dallas and then go into the other ones. First off, um, you know, Philip Nelson, the former Mankato West player and Minnesota Gopher, uh, he was starting for Dallas with Landry Jones out. And to be honest, I thought he, you know, he wasn't a superstar. But even though they lost, I thought he played a pretty decent game overall. Um, I thought he showed some poise and showed that he's not going to make stupid mistakes, you know. Yeah. He's, he's going to be fairly smart with the ball. Um, so to be honest, you know, and especially he w- 
in the XFL, and he will be a backup behind Landry Jones, but I think he's a solid backup to have on your team for sure. A guy who, a guy who could come in and play, you know, decent and keep you in a game if you needed him to. So and not make a stupid mistake. So I thought he played pretty well. Um, and then on St. Louis's end, you know, it wasn't a high-scoring game by any means, like a couple of the other games, but. They won 15-9 to nine and battled, and, you know, the defense, I thought, played fairly well. So, um, it was a good game overall, I thought. So, what were your thoughts? What were your thoughts? You know, our punter is pretty damn good. You agree on that? Yes. <laughs> yes. I've I, I seen a replay. <clears throat> Excuse me. I've seen a replay replay of one of his punts and it was down at the one yard line and one of our guys the battle hawks thought it touched him and i watched the replay again went straight through the legs didn't touch the dallas renegades player and our guy just went down and um touched it and got it into the end zone and i'm like what the heck are you doing? That was a good punt by Marquette King, who was, who was really good in that game on Sunday. And I liked it overall. I only got to see a little bit of the game, because as I said before, I had to go into work. Yeah. <clears throat> but it was a... It looked like it was going to be a very close game. And it was. And I knew the Bravo Hawks would win. Yeah. Um. Yeah, Pam Mac McAfee went crazy after that. Yeah, I, I uh, seen that because I have the XFL on Facebook. And they posted that video. And I heard him. And he said, what the heck are you doing? Just don't touch it. Just leave it alone. Let it land there. That's a perfect point. Alright. I've always liked I've always liked McAfee too. He's quite the character, but Yeah, he is. I liked him back when he played just cause he brought an energy for punters, which you don't always see, and then just his personality and then in the booth too, I like him a lot. He's uh he's quite the character. When did he retire? When did he start playing? What team did he play for? Well, I remember him with the Colts. Um, I'm trying to remember. Let's see here. Yeah, he's he was yeah he was with the Colts his whole career. That's what I wanted to verify. But he came into the league in 2009 and played through 2016. I, I don't remember him. I, I mean, I know him now because he was with wrestling, WWE, and he's also with the XFL, too. He missed, he missed one game in his career. Granted, he's a punter, but he's, you yeah. know, he played in 127 games. That's damn good. He was a Pro Bowler twice and an All Pro once. Yeah. First team All Pro. So he was, yeah, he was pretty good. And he also had two carries for 18 yards in his career. 
on fakes. But um, no, he's quite a character, though. I I en enjoyed watching him even after he'd have a good punt. So sometime sometime on YouTube, you should look up his punt celebrations because he's fun to he was fun to watch. Do you like having
good old competition against each other from what I hear. Nice. Yeah, I mean, Romo's tried to make it into a couple events, so. Yeah. Um, so there's that game. Um, it, well, did you have anything else to say about the St. Louis game, actually, or no? No, I don't. It was a good game, though. Yeah. And then we'll go to the other Sunday game, the Guardians against my Vipers. Um, yeah, I mean, what can I say? I think we covered it. I mean, it's actually pretty simple, but it's pretty obvious at the same time what they need to fix. They need to fix the turnovers. Um, I mean, they had... Um, I was trying to find the exact numbers, but I know they led the XFL in yards week one. They gave up the fewest yards. Um, but they also scored the fewest amount of points. So, <laughs> so I mean, they moved the ball, that's for sure, but they... Yeah. They moved the ball. Their defense got burned a couple times, but at the same time didn't play terrible, I don't think. Um, especially with how many turnovers the offense had. But yeah, they allowed 226 yards, which was the best in the XFL, and had 394 yards, which was the most in the XFL, but only scored three points. So that, uh, <laughs> yeah, like I said, I mean, I've still got a lot of confidence in them going forward. Um, you hope they rebound this week with the win, obviously, but I had a lot of confidence going in, and I still do, but they obviously need to minimize the turnovers. Um, but w how well they moved the ball, though, I mean, and for the most part, how well they played on defense. It showed me what I thought, that they can be a good team. But they need to eliminate the turnovers, for sure. They need to stop turning over a ball. They're pretty good. Your team is solid if they can't turn over a ball. They showed they can get to the red zone. Your defense is pretty good. Other than, yeah, they've let up that many points. I can't remember. What was the final score for... 23-3, but when your offense has four turnovers, that doesn't help either. Yeah. The defense was good. I mean, they gave up 23 points. But there were times where they let the Guardians go three and out, and the offense had it in, their, in the palm of their hand to score more points. I hate to use this, because I know it's going to backfire on me, because you're not a Packers fan and you're going to come back with me on this, but I will go back to when Green Bay played the Lions. Yeah, the refs helped them, but Detroit had it, it had the game, they could have won, they had their points in the game, just like Tampa Bay did, the Vipers. They could have won it, but they didn't. They didn't win 
And I'm not going to diss your team. I mean, I kind of have, but I'm not going to diss them any more than I will. But I need another week or two to see if they're good. I mean, they are, but right. I, I just need to see a little bit more. Yeah. No, I... I... I hear ya for sure. Um, I I still got confidence in them, but I mean, if they come out and lose uh, to the, you might have to find a new team if they lose this weekend. If they if they come out and lose to Seattle, then yeah, their chances aren't very good. But I mean, they aren't out of it yet. But at the same no, time, at the same not. time, they'd have to go on a run to have a chance. Um. Yeah, they need to win this weekend, and if they don't, then I just don't see them winning a game or two or three games. Right. I mean, I, I can see that happening where they win three games, but I'm not saying... I don't want them to win three games. I want them to win more than just three games. Right. One, uh, let's just talk about a few players here really quick. Um, so, P.J. Walker for Houston, he was one of the quarterbacks I was pretty impressed with. Um, he had a lot of, after the game... And this week, from what I hear, he's having a lot of chatter from the XFL and other sports casters and stuff like that. Oh, really? Yeah. Yes. Well, and he's in a run. You know, he's in a run and shoot offense with June Jones coaching. So, um, and he showed he could put up the stats. So. Also, uh, just curious, what did you think of Jordan Ta'amu for the Battlehawks? He was pretty good. I know he had, I know he had the best rushing game of any quarterback week one. He ran for seventy-seven yards. I know. Yeah, he he's a dual threat. Yeah. I think there was another quarterback. I can't remember what team. I think it was either the Wildcats or some other team that they had two quarterbacks. One of them wasn't a running one. The other one was, and it was a backup. But Tamu was pretty good. I like him. He's a dual threat, and he can can either pass it or can either run it. Yeah. Trump pass play, basically. They had that. Yeah. Um, and then, um, <laughs> just to talk about the XFL itself, too, on top of the games, of course. Uh, what were some of the things you did like and didn't like about the XFL, if there was anything you didn't like? What were things you both liked and disliked? didn't have anything I disliked because okay. I liked it all and I believe there was one game and I know I was watching Cal Colin Calvert today 
he had a guy who covers about the NBA starting since the 90s. And he said he watched the XFL and watched the, watched the games. And it was the Guardian scam, New York, that they didn't have the players or something was going on where they didn't have the... They couldn't hear the players or anything. He was like, whoa, 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 where is it? And I kind of agree with him because that part I like. I like hearing play calls. And I like hearing what the coaches say. I like hearing what the replay official says. I like it all. The rules are, are pretty good. Yeah. Um, one thing, well, I first off, one thing I actually really liked I'm in an XFL group. Some people didn't like it. I actually really liked the interviews throughout the game. Yeah, I did too. I thought that <laughs> I thought that was pretty cool. Um, I also liked hearing the play calls. Um, I thought that was pretty sweet too, especially when the commentators were most of the time able to explain what the play was going to be before it happened. <laughs> And, and that's where, like, a Greg Olson or a Pat Menifee can, like, step in and basically say, hey, this is the play, basically. One of them was a punter, and the other one was on offense. And Greg Olson can basically tell you, well, here's what it's going to be, and this is, like, what it was called or something like that. Right. I also like, Even... I also like, oh, go ahead. No, you can I was just going to say it's amazing how even though the wording is different, of course, from coach to coach and league to league, how based on certain code words, they still have a good idea of what's going to happen. Yeah, and what's funny is, Greg Olson kind of reminds me of Tony Romo, and you might agree with me. Well, just what you just said, he can basically identify... Oh, I know what that play is. It came from the NFL or something like that. Yeah. Well, and I don't think it's because the wording is always the same, but they know what code word, certain code words mean, so. Um, yeah, which is, which is kind of funny that they can identify that with, like, different code words. And it's like, how the heck did you, did, did you know that? Well, it just shows you that certain things always mean the same thing, even with different verbiage, I guess. Yeah. It is cool to it is cool to listen to them though. But to piggyback off of what you said on the interviews and what I was gonna say, um I like that too because you get to see the raw emotion of a player on making a good play and the sadness type deal of a player who missed a field goal. And there was a player who did miss a field goal and you could see that he was kinda upset and he basically said I'm just going to come back out there and I'm going to make my next one. And he did. Alright. Granted, it was like 57 yards and I was standing up and I'm like, holy crap. You wouldn't see that in NFL. Well, unless, you can unless it, once in a while. but Unless it was Mason Crosby. There's other guys who can make them that long. It's... I mean, it's not a for sure make by any means. But... Yeah, it's kind of hard to make it in the XFL and the NFL and college, too. But you don't see college kickers kicking it that far. 
Not very often. I have seen it, but it's not very often. <laughs> the games I've seen, they kept it like, if it was like a 10 yarder or like a 20 yarder. Or longer. Yeah. Well, like I said, I like seeing that raw emotion of the player on what they're feeling and stuff like that. By the way, just because we were talking about it, even though we're going to stick mostly to the XFL, the longest field goal in NFL history, of course, is 64 yards, which you probably knew. Who, who did that? It was 63 for a long time. It, two or three guys kicked 63 yarders, and then somebody finally made a 64 yarder. And um, I'll tell you here in a second. The longest in college history is 67 yards. Holy shit. And that was done four different times. Yeah, I don't think you would see that happening now. Unless it's, they want, want to try it, but I don't see that. Uh, it was done by Tom Odell for Fort Hayes State in 1988. The record for the longest field goal without a tee and with more narrow modern goalposts because they used to be wider. So the longest without a tee and with the narrow post is 65 yards by Martin Gramatica of Kansas State in 98. Two names I don't even know. Martin Gramatica was a buccaneer for a long time. I actually liked watching him too. He was kind of... There was something about him I liked watching as a kicker, actually. But yeah, he was with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And... Yeah, the longest field goal in NFL history was 64 yards by Matt Prater. Oh, I, I know him. In 2013. The previous record was 63, originally set by Tom Dempsey in 1970, and then Jason Elam matched it in 98. Seabass matched it in 2011. David Akers in 2012. Graham Gano in 2018. And Brett Maher in 2019. Um... So, actually, there was a few guys who made 63 yarders, but Prater has the longest with 64. He's still playing. Yeah, he's good, though. Kickers normally last pretty long. Just look at the Col Colts kicker, I believe it is. He's 47 years old. But you want to hear something really crazy, though? The longest high school field goal ever was 68 yards. What? Yep. You're joking, aren't you? No, I'm not. He, by Dirk Ronald Borgagnon, or Borgagnon, I don't know how to pronounce it. He went on to kick in the NFL, but yeah, he made a 68-yarder in high school. That has, that has to be like in... The 1970 or something. What's that? 
Well, he was born in 68, so pr more than likely sometime in the 80s, more than likely. Do you know the longest attempt ever, though, in the NFL? 61. 76 yards was the longest attempt. Jesus By Sebastian Janikowski. Okay, these kickers need to stop kicking that far. And he f it fell quite short, of course, but... Yeah. Well, duh. <laughs> you kick it that far, it's going to fall well short. 67 seems a little more reasonable to me. You might agree with that. Yeah. <clears throat> And apparently there's a video of a guy who made for the Florida Gators who made an 81-yarder in practice. Okay, I'd like to see that in an actual game. Right? <laughs> video doesn't mean anything to me unless it would actually happen during the game because you can kick it in practice and say, oh yeah, I kicked an 81 yard field goal. They might believe you, but you might not have. Either way, though, that's ridiculous to even be able to kick it through a field goal post that far, whether it's in practice or not. Yeah, I mean, I'm not saying it's not true or anything, because I know that that is Ethan Sinclair's team, but yeah, I just don't see that happening. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Uh, uh, there was a player, and I know you mentioned, I don't know if you mentioned him yet, but I like when they're bringing these players in that have two ACL tears and a, and a broken back in their previous career or whatever, and they're interviewing them, and they say that they love getting this chance to prove themselves, and they're pretty good. I can't remember the player's name. Right. Yeah, I can't right now either, but uh, I thought that was a pretty cool story, though. Yeah, all of them have a good story, but I think that one was pretty good. Yeah. Um. So did you see who the two finalists for Player of the Week are after Week 1? Well, I saw, anyway, two finalists for the offensive. I guess I didn't see anything about defensive, but Ta-Amu Ta was one of the two finalists, and then PJ um, was the other one. I just saw the two finalists. I don't know if they've actually announced it yet or not. But what did you think about some of the other players week one? Just curious. No, 
good. I like them. Cardale Jones is still undefeated. Yeah. I've seen that. Because he was when he played in college, too. Yeah, that's why. That's why I kind of think when I see that. I'm not seeing it now either. I just happened to see something that said they were supposedly the finalists. Unless I, it was speculation, but I saw it somewhere. I, I saw something on Sunday that they were having their vote on Twitter, but I didn't see Tom or the Battlehawks quarterback. Oh, obviously, because okay. they haven't played, because they didn't play yet. Right. So. The power rankings came out after week one. You want to hear who they have in the power rankings? Sure. So they got Houston Roughnecks number one. Which I don't think is that crazy. They played pretty well and lit up LA's defense. Which led to LA firing their defense coordinator after one week. And also cutting their team captain. So that's pretty crazy. Um, PJ Walker also threw for four touchdown passes. And the Roughnecks also had 16 quarterback hits in week one. And one of their players alone, Coney Ely, had more quarterback hits by himself than six XFL teams had week one as a team. So they put some pressure on for sure. Then you have the DC Defenders number two. Cordell Jones had the highest passing grade of any quarterback from Pro Football Focus uh, with a score 92.2. They also averaged nine yards per pass to lead the league. So, um, he's pretty valuable, of course, and played a good game. New York Guardians, they have number three. The defense carried them against the Vipers with three picks and five sacks, but the real question is whether New York can sustain their positive turnover margin moving forward. And if a Matt McGloin-led offense will be able to produce enough points. Um, number four, then they have your Battlehawks. The Battlehawks came to Dallas as nine-point underdog and won outright, holding their renegades to just nine points in a grindy game. St. Louis pounded the ball relentlessly on the ground, but will St. Louis be able to keep up on the scoreboard with better teams? I honestly think... And I've seen some of this, too. I can't remember what defense the commentators are talking about. Um, But they said that one of the defenses was pretty good and that they're going to rough up the other teams or kind of basically upset some of the teams. And I can see that happening against the Dallas. Yeah. Because they have a pretty good run game and their quarterback and their running back, of course. 
Oronian game was pretty good. Yeah. Damn good, if I can say that. Especially with the quarterback being able to run, yeah. too. And, and as I said earlier, our quarterback is basically a dual threat. He can basically either run it or pass it, and they're pretty good. Yeah, I think he had like 220 passing yards and then ran for 76 too, so. Yeah. Then you got, they got Dallas Renegades number five. They weren't at full strength for their home loss to St. Louis. And franchise quarterback Landry Jones sat on the, um, or sat on the sidelines during the game that he expects to play on Sunday against L.A. So for now, they're giving them a little bit of a pass till they see Landry Jones. They have Seattle number six. The Dragons finished week one with the worst offensive team grade from Pro Football Focus. The defensive team grade wasn't much better, and QB Brandon Silver has earned the worst grade of any quarterback. Wide receiver Austin Prohl was impressive, at least with five catches for 88 yards and two touchdowns. They've got Tampa Bay number seven. <laughs> Ouch. Uh, Tampa Bay, they were the only road favorite in week one, but former quarterback, former Georgia quarterback Aaron Murray struggled with two picks and two lost fumbles as the Vipers produced just three points. And then L.A. Wildcats number eight. The Wildcats are already a mess on and off the field. I was given... I was ready to give them a pass for the week one loss as starting quarterback Josh Johnson was out with an injury and Johnson's two backups struggled. But the team just fired defensive coordinator Pepper Johnson and released defensive pillar and team captain Anthony Johnson. You and I talked about this yesterday, right? Because that's when they fired their... Defensive coordinator, right? Was yesterday? I believe so, yeah. That, that's when you sent that to me. I, bu- I believe if that was, if that was correct. I think, anyway, yeah, I think it was. And then you also told me today that they let go of their captain. And I'm like, okay, what's going on? Are they trying to make a bigger move or something? And I could see that happening. But I just don't see Moss taking over At times, he made some impressive throws, but he also made some poor choices, so. And what I'm 
reading right here is the writers went into the game with a plan to use backup QB slash running back Clinton Flowers in certain packages, which they did. What they didn't do for any stretch of the game is supplement the struggling Larry with Flowers. And they did that towards the end, which was a little too late, which you can probably agree. And I believe that game was on Fox, right? Yeah. And I believe it was Greg Olson who said, okay, Murray is pretty good. You guys got to keep him in the game because he showed that he was damn good and they didn't use him much. I mean, they did during stretchers, of course, from what I just read. They could have used him a lot more and... They didn't. Use flowers little, more, you mean? Yeah, it was a little too late when they started bringing him in more and more. And when they brought him in more and more, he was damn good. And I believe they were down in the red zone. I can't remember if it was their third or fourth time. And they brought Murray in on um, shirt down. I think it was, and they had flowers in for first and second down, and Greg Olson said, that's not good bringing Murray in and letting flowers sit, if Murray is, or if uh, flowers is pretty hot, you're bringing in Murray, who is not so good, and they obviously didn't get the touchdown. Well, yeah, I mean... I think Murray is a good quarterback. He just made some mistakes, but Flowers, I thought, I th also thought Flowers they could have used more, but yes, and that is where I agree with you. They could have used Flowers a lot more, and the packages are there for them to use Flowers a lot more. I I would like to see Flowers be their starting quarterback over Murray. And you might disagree with me on that one. On what? I didn't catch all that. Um, I would like to see Flowers be the starting quarterback over Murray. Well, I I touched on that a little earlier. I I'd like to see Flowers used more. With that said, I'm not ready to give up on a guy after one week either. But yeah, I'd like. I think especially in the XFL, though, you're going to see teams use two quarterbacks a lot compared yeah. to the NFL. So, honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if they use them both. What I'm still curious about, though, is why Cornelius, as the technical backup, didn't play at all. On that too. I mean, I understand if they were going to use flowers in certain situations in particular, but if they were just planning them to, are planning to use them in certain packages, why didn't they use the actual backup too? You know. And I, I can see that too. Yeah, I, I like flowers a little bit more than I do Murray. And I think it's probably because based off of the packages that they used flowers, and I think that's why I like flowers. And Murray is okay. 
Well, they only threw the ball twice with Flowers, so it's hard to gauge, you know. We know he's athletic and can run, we saw that, but when he only threw two passes, it's hard to tell what he'll actually do, you know. Yeah, he's listed as quarterback and running back from what I just read. Yep. So. Yeah, they'll use him a couple different ways, but. That, that is kind of weird that they list, that the is listed as a running back also, because. You don't see Lamar Jackson listed as a running back. No, but he's also a starting quarterback, so you're not going to... You yeah. know. It's a little different when you're in the NFL and you're a starter. Yeah, true. I mean, you do have the guy for the Saints who hold... um Or Taysom Hill, who plays multiple positions, so... I think if you're not a starter, not saying there's a lot of Taysom Hills, but you at least have the chance to maybe play a couple positions. Yeah. I have not heard anything from Ethan yet. <laughs> yeah, me neither. I messaged him because I'm like, oh, dang, Elijah hasn't gotten to me. <laughs> Oh, you sent him that before I called or what? I, I sent it to him because I'm like, okay, you two must still be talking or something. Oh. So, so I just asked him, are you two still talking? And then once he responded, I messaged him back and I said, never mind. Gotcha. <laughs> yeah, because I actually, I haven't actually talked to him yet. We ended up. Oh, I, I you guys did. No, I had to. The, originally, that was the plan, but then I had to watch Dixie while Anne gave a massage, and she needed a nap right away, and then slept for an hour and a half on my chest. So, um, so no, we haven't talked yet. I said we could, once I knew she needed to go down for a nap, I told him we could talk after he was done. Um, and he said originally it was only supposed to go till 9.30, but I haven't heard from him. No, he actually had some uh, meeting for a campus job or something, I think he said. Oh. You want to talk a little basketball? Um, I'd like to, although I'm kind of, like I said before, trying to have a own podcast for that. With that said... Um, we're almost to the end of this segment anyway, so if we want to wrap up, I could wrap this up and then I could start an actual basketball one. So let me wrap this up quick. Um, so thanks for coming on as always, Colton. And then if you want, you can just stay on hold and we'll start a basketball one. But thanks for coming on as always. I'm going to stay on hold. Yep. Sounds good. Thank you. Alright, and to the listeners, thanks as always for listening. Um, This was our first XFL podcast. Thanks for listening, and I'm going to see what I can do for a basketball.
All right, still there, Ethan? Yep, I'm here. Okay, awesome. So, especially since my phone's almost dead and we're kind of on a short window for tonight, we can talk more tomorrow, too, when we do picks. But what were your initial thoughts of the XFL? Anything you liked in particular, didn't like in particular? Um, you know, I, I'm just curious what you liked or didn't like week one. expectations at least I was impressed just by kind of the, the broadcast perspective and I actually thought that the players were above the expectations that I had originally I didn't know what kind of level of play there was going to be with a lot of the players I didn't know a lot of their names but I thought that they met the met a level of play that was entertaining to watch and they made some highlight plays too and what I really liked was just the broadcast perspective was with the openness on the field and, like, being able to hear coaches call plays, hearing players on the sideline, yep. uh, hearing refs in, uh, when they were getting challenge calls from the booth and stuff like that. So I really enjoyed that. Yeah, I enjoyed that. I enjoyed that aspect, too. The interviews throughout the game I thought was kind of a cool twist. And hearing the actual play calls I thought was pretty cool. And, and then I really liked that part, too, hearing exactly what they were saying to the refs during the reviews and how not only hearing what exactly what they were talking about, but how quick they could make the decision. Because the NFL, yeah. sometimes it drags on for too long, in my opinion, on the reviews. So. Yeah, and I thought just the review, too, just the way that they had it set up was something that the NFL should maybe adopt. So when you're sitting on your couch and you don't know why a call's made or why it isn't reversed, that way... You, as a viewer at home, can know what the replay officials were thinking when they decided to send that call down to the field. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah, it's a, there's a few things I wouldn't mind the NFL, you know, kind of stealing down the road. We'll see if they do or not, but some of the things I think would be kind of cool. Even the, even the kickoff rule, I mean, I... I kind of like it, to be honest, that they're actually encouraging returns because the NFL has almost gone away from that. Yeah, <laughs> if no, any... I, I agree, too. Um, yeah, I mean, if they're worried about player safety, do what the XFL is doing, you know, where they're lined up closer together, but at least you still have a chance at returns most of the time. And if you don't give them a chance to return it, then you're shooting yourself in the foot with where they start with the ball. Yeah. No, I like the return rule, too, just to encourage it. Obviously, player safety being a uh, main issue with the two, with the NFL trying to go away from it, but it's, it's a game-changing kind of electric play, and the XFL is being able to keep that in there, and I didn't see any huge returns with the way it was set up, but I definitely think that there's potential for some. Yeah, they were able to hold a block or get through. I think... First line there. I think there was a couple more on Sunday that were a little longer. I mean, none went for touchdowns, but there was a couple that were decent on Sunday game. I I also like the, and I don't know that the NFL would ever go to it, but I think it's interesting, especially from a strategy perspective. But I actually also really like the one, two, or three-point conversions. 
Yeah, no, I thought it was interesting just from a viewer perspective, just kind of trying to put myself in the role of a coach and what would I try to be doing just with game management that way, whether I'd want to try to make it a one-score game or even if I was behind, hey, what do I need to go for uh, on the conversion to see if it's just a one-score game or a two-score game and stuff like that too. Right, yeah. Yeah, so was there anything you didn't like in particular, or did you like most aspects of it? I definitely feel like I liked most aspects of it. I actually drafted, like, a fantasy league for it this uh, Wednesday, actually, so... Oh, nice. I'm going to be able to be, be more involved and just kind of have a way to try to relate to players. That's the only thing I guess I could say I didn't like was that I didn't know a lot of the players, but I think with the open broadcast... And now having more like fantasy players to be invested in to watch, I think that I'll be able to get into it more just from a player standpoint. Yeah, um, I knew a fair amount of the names, but I also, you know, watch a ton of college football and preseason two yeah. and stuff. So, like uh, Truesdale for the Vipers, you know, he was on the Vikings. Yeah, he was on the Vikings practice squad, so I knew his name. And Philip Nelson, of course, you know, f- former Gopher and Mankato West. Mankato Scarlet, yep. yep. So I actually knew a fair amount. And then, of course, Landry Jones, that's uh, one of the bigger names, you know, when he starts playing this week. But Yeah, I think he's back this week. Yep. And then, uh, well, and then Cardale Jones, too, you know. He's a... Uh, yep. But so I definitely knew some. Don't get me wrong, there was guys I hadn't heard of too. But I yeah. feel like compared to some, anyway, I knew a fair amount of them. Yeah, no, I agree. I definitely knew like the bigger name kind of guys. But even in the NFL and for at least Big Ten and SEC kind of power five conference teams in college football, I feel like I know like most guys on the roster. So, and with there only being eight teams, I feel like I'll get more familiar as the season goes along too. Yep, exactly. I, it was hard to know week one, especially, but yeah, I agree. I agree. And I definitely think it's set up to succeed a lot more than the AAF league or whatever, and I also yeah. think it's set up to succeed even a lot more than the XFL last time around. So Yeah. Well, I think just financial background... And the way they're getting it broadcast and out there, social media and everything, too, I think they do have a shot to make it work. And I'd be curious to see if it does keep uh, with working within these next couple of years if some college kids decide to do that as an alternative route to the, to the NFL, at least. Right. Yeah, and I also, the other aspect I liked is how many cool, like, really, really cool stories there was of guys that had multiple injuries that still wanted to play football, you know? Uh, yeah. Like the guy who tore his ACL three times and broke his back and he still wanted to play. <laughs> yeah, no, that's kind of crazy. Yeah. I mean, in some ways, I'm like, oh, boy, he might regret that later in life. Uh, mm-hmm. But at the same time, hearing stories like that are cool and their love for the game. But at the same time, you wonder – Eventually, if it'll catch up to him. Yeah, no, I don't say. I'm sure it's going to eventually catch up to him, but it is kind of neat to see his passion for the game, at least that way. But like you said, a lot of guys in the NFL already are retiring 
younger, like Luke Keekley, for example, and stuff like that. But right. you definitely, you definitely like admire it too to see him out there. But you definitely want him to be be smart about his own body. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, we'll uh, like I said, we'll do the try to do the picks hopefully sometime tomorrow, depending what works for everybody. But. Yeah, I, I definitely enjoyed the first week though, and I'm uh, curious to see how the second week goes for sure. So. Yeah, for sure. I'm, uh, I'm bought into it. I'll keep watching at least. Yeah, I will too. Absolutely. I am. Uh, also, what I'm curious about, uh, probably can't talk too much longer, but, and I forget who wrote it, but they were already talking about, you know, if the XFL would expand four cities, they should consider for expansion you know for expanding in the yep. future and i'm just curious what your thoughts are on those four cities so the four they mentioned were las vegas okay. De- detroit yep. chicago and then lincoln nebraska gotcha uh, i think that vegas would be a good one especially just they had like a lot of betting stuff visible on the screen and i feel like that's just a way for them to get themselves more out there and more people interested like sports betters at least to get more people like that into the league I think that the other three are, don't shock me a ton but the thing that does shock me about it is that they're all so kind of bunched up together just midwest wise and that right. they want to try to be in like other areas as well Yeah. No, and that could have just been that person, you know, just saying these are four cities they should consider. I mean, I don't know if they would or not, but I get what you're saying. Another thing I wouldn't mind is right now we've only got one team in a non-NFL city. I'd absolutely love if they down the road went to cities like Portland or, you know, cities that don't have NFL teams. Cause they, yeah, when you're saying all those Midwest teams, I think one in Iowa would be kind of cool since they don't really have any right. um, pro sports teams down there. I mean, Minnesota has several sports teams, but I'd even if they ever got one in Minnesota, that would be pretty cool. But, mm-hmm. uh, but yeah, I mean, I think that's one thing they could do. I love the XFL I'm bought in, but that's one thing I wouldn't mind seeing if, if they do expand is – incorporate more cities that don't have professional football and see how the attendance would be those places, you know? Yeah, so I think that'd be smart, too. That way you just don't have, like, a competing market, too, either. Yep, I agree, so. Got anything else for tonight before I let you go? Otherwise, we'll try to talk some more tomorrow for picks anyway, so. I think that we're pretty good. I'll do some research here for my picks tomorrow. All right, sounds good. Thanks, Ethan. Yep, no problem, Francis. Yep, have a good one. Yep, you too. Thanks. All right, that should about wrap up this podcast, finally, uh, or this episode. Thanks, everybody, for listening. As always, have a good night, and God bless. Also, happy Valentine's Day to everybody out there.